Well, I'd like to invite <clears throat> Shay Adams, Dana Morehouse, and Angie Newell to come up. They are going to be sharing with us this morning. Come on, ladies. <clears throat> now, as they, uh, as they came, are coming up, when we were thinking and praying about what we're going to do for Mother's Day, the Lord just laid upon our hearts the idea of a couple of moms sharing from different stages in life. We have Shay, who's uh, sharing from the stage of having younger kids. Dana, who's in the process of launching her children. And Angie, who's in that next phase of life. And we're going to be so incredibly blessed to hear from each one of them. And <clears throat> when I asked them if they would be willing to come and share this morning, each one of them had the same response. It was a deep breath, a, are you kidding me? And then was this incredible place of humility and submission and obedience. And uh, I'm just so excited to, uh, to hear from each one of them. So we're going to pray over them, and I really want our hearts to be open and encourage them. Um, it's not easy coming up and sharing, and, uh, but I'm sure they're going to do an awesome job, and we are just such a loving congregation. They all love you, right? We all love them, right? So let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for this incredible opportunity here from these three amazing women. Father, you have humbled their hearts before you. You have given them a word to share, a word of encouragement, a word of challenge, a word from you about the very heart of a mother. And so, Lord, as Shay and Dana and Angie come to share this morning, I ask Holy Spirit that you would fill their hearts. You would fill them afresh from the soles of their feet to the crown of their head, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just come alive in a new and a powerful way in each one of them. May every cell of their body, may every fiber of their being, and may their tongue scream out the glorious name of Jesus. And Father, I ask that they would be caught in the backwash of blessing. You have given them this word, and it blesses their hearts. Now let it bless our hearts as well, Father. And I'm just looking excitedly at what you are going to do in this time now. And we just give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Shay. Good morning, guys. A little nervous here, okay. So. so my name is Shay Adams. For those who don't know who I am, I've been a follower of Jesus Christ for 15 years. 16, sorry, 16 years. I'm married to my wonderful husband, Nick, for 15. Mother to our son, Nick, 14. And our two daughters, Jordan, who's 12, and Kendall, who is 9. When our brother Jeff asked me to speak on behalf of Mother's Day, I was a little nervous. Still nervous. <laughs> I'm much better in a small group setting, for those who know me. So here we go. To all my warrior sisters in Christ called Mom, this is a holy calling. Our Lord and Savior saw fit that each of us was blessed with a task in raising up these precious souls in his name for the time that he saw fit on this earth. This is not an easy calling, but our Lord knew this before the foundation of the earth was set. Each day as our feet hit the floor in the morning, we need to choose Jesus. Let his will be done, not our own. Our children are future kingdom builders and lights in this very dark world. 
We need to continue to love them, teach them, and forgive them. As our Heavenly Father has shown us time and time again, through his grace, his mercy, and also being in his holy word. We are only given a glimpse of what it is to be a parent from this side of eternity. Sisters, we need to surround ourselves with the church family and in small groups. It's important that you young moms seek godly wisdom of older women in the faith. Scripture says they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers of home, kind, and being subject to their own husbands, so the word of God will not be dishonored. That's Titus 2, 3 through 5. We need to recognize we have an enemy who wants nothing more than for us to give up. This would make his job easy. Sisters, he picked the wrong group to do battle with. The enemy has no clue what our mother hearts are capable of. We are like the lioness protecting her cubs, standing between his attempts and taking the hits upon ourselves. But let let me make something perfectly clear. We must be able to determine through discernment whether it's an attack from the enemy or a pruning from our gentle and loving father. I'm speaking from experience. Many times the Lord has reminded me over and over again that my children were his children first. Ooh, that stopped me in my tracks. Who better than he could protect and provide for them? Total conviction right there. But that's a great thing. We need conviction in order to grow in our walk with Jesus. We need to cast out all fear, as scripture says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves punishment. And no one fears, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. 1 John 4.18 This is war, sisters. We need to do battles on our knees before the Lord. Repeatedly, I find myself laying each of my kids at the feet of the cross, asking for his will to be done, not my own. But of course, myself, there are hiccups along the way. And I would pull them off out of fear. But again, 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. This is hard. It's not supposed to be easy. So that's why I call you warriors in Christ with a mother's heart. Turn your everyday motherly duties into worship before the Lord. Make your days into an act of worship. On those weary and endless nights of troubled sleep, those days and nights do battle. Go to his word. Soak up in his truth. Beat back the dark. I tell my kids the same thing when their nights are troubled with fear and nightmares. I tell them, go to his word. Let's do battle. Let's pray. Then it usually ends up with one of all three sleeping in our room. (laughs) So, sisters, our walk in the Lord is a marathon. It's interesting that he put that on my heart, because of those who know me, I don't like running. So here we go. We want to finish this race well. Same with motherhood. Scripture says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12.1. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of God. Hebrews 10.36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Hebrews 12.7 says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father? As you teach your children about perseverance, consider these four biblical principles. 
Number one, training. Only the foolish attempt to run a marathon without preparation. Simple day-to-day disciplines such as prayer and studying the Bible prepare one's faith to endure and help prevent those in the race from being disqualified. Two, sustainable pace. We as Christian moms sometimes try to accomplish too much too quickly. I'm speaking from experience. Relying on our own strength rather than in God's. Those runners often find themselves fatigued or burned out. Been there, done that. Waiting on the Lord's timing sets the appropriate pace. Three, staying the course. In the middle of long races, runners might hit the wall, a point where they feel physically and emotionally spent. From their perspective, the finish line is far away, and quitting is a strong temptation. When we as moms continue running, choosing obedience over our emotions, you will eventually experience a second wind, a renewal of God's strength in you. And then lastly, a strong finish. God uses the challenges of faith race to develop people to be mature and incomplete in him. Just as athletes are crowned with their victory wreaths and medals, God rewards those who persevere to the end. This calling is definitely not a sprint. I pray each of you continue to grow in your personal walk with Christ. I pray each of you to allow the Holy Spirit to set a blaze of fire within that is so unquenchable in your faith. Whether it's in sleepless nights awake with a child with a temp of 102, or knee-deep in laundry and diapers, or finding a balance between home and work, whether it's countless nights trying to help your child with math homework that just doesn't make any sense, because why should it? (laughs) It's not how we were taught. Whether it's after the fourth or fifth time they ask for water after bedtime or just one more hug, do it unto the Lord. Whether it's in a time of a door slammed in your face and you sink down at that door and silently pray over that rebellious child, or whether it's a victory shared by your child in Christ. It's all amazing. And it's all worth it. And it's also very good because our Savior is always in control. Excuse me. You are warriors in Christ. Remember that, moms. Whether you're my sister now or a sister in the making, we are family. And we have each other, and we do battle in prayer. It's not up to us to determine when our race is done. That alone is in God's capable hands. So just run and do it well. Now Dana Morehouse. I've actually always wondered if you could literally be scared to death, and I think we're putting that to the test. But my name is Dana Morehouse. My husband is Bill. He's one of the worship leaders here. We've been married 32 years, and we have five kids, ages 15 to 30. And we have three grandsons and another grandson on the way this summer. <clears throat> I'm actually humbled at how fast life really does go by. I, like Shay, when Jeff asked me to share, my insides were screaming no. But as I sat there and I just said, God is so good, so loving, so faithful. He's been so merciful to me. How would I ever say no? I couldn't. Sorry. (laughs) Getting yelled at already. (laughs) Anyway, I thought when I prayed about what God would have me to share, I just felt like I've been a mom for 30 years, so I'm just going to share some of the things that God has shown me along this journey. And the first one is, 
what is my goal as a mom? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to see in my kids? And I want my kids, that, the greatest commandment, to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind. And that's what I desire for my life, and that's what I desire for my kids. And Bill and I pray that our kids would become men and women of God that are passionate for Jesus. And the first step I feel like God has shown me is to examine my own heart and see where my heart is. And, you know, when you get on an airplane... And before you take off, the stewardess says, they're telling you everything that can go wrong when you're 38,000 feet off the ground. And at that point, I'm usually slathering myself in oil, which I'm slathered now and was sharing with Shay, too. But they say if the cabin loses pressure, oxygen masks drop down. Make sure you take care of yourself before your children. Because if my heart is, is not right with God and I'm flailing and gasping for air, I'm not going to be able to raise my children the way God needs me to. And about eight years ago, and so I'm just really going to share stories and of things that um, have gone on in my life. So about eight years ago, Bill came to me and said, hey, I feel like God's moving us in a different direction. And I said, okay, let's, you know, we'll pray about it, we'll talk about it. And it took a couple months, and God seemingly shut the door. And I was like, great, we, we prayed about it, we talked about it, and weren't, it's not happening, so back to normal. And then a couple days later, a week later, Bill came and said, hey, I think God is still moving us in this direction. And I said, hon, God shut the door. The door was shut. And he said, yeah, Dean, but I'm really thinking that this is what we should do. And I said, Bill, the door was slammed, like like hitch it in the butt slammed on the way out. (laughs) And he said, I know, Dane, but I really feel like this is what God has for our family. So at this point, I'd been married like 25 years, and, and I was a Christian, so I knew better than not to you know, had to go with him. It was tempting just to say, I can't do this, Bill. But I did that, but I started to get this bitterness in my heart. Fast forward to like three months later, and I had roots of bitterness that I had let grown up in my heart. And I, we were all sitting one night watching a movie, and I just went up to bed, and I laid there in bed, and I just started crying a little bit. And they weren't tears of remorse or repentance. It was tears of bitterness. And I hated the way I felt inside. I hated the way I felt with the Lord and with my husband and my kids. I just felt creepy inside. And, and God gave me a dream that night, and it was really intense, and I don't have time to share the whole thing. But really what happened is God showed me that I gave the enemy a foothold into my heart and into my home and with these roots of bitterness that I had let grown up. And he also showed me um, that there's power in the name of Jesus and it breaks every chain. And it was such an incredible dream. Incredible. And I woke up and I had no more tears of bitterness. I had tears of repentance and remorse. And I woke Bill up and he prayed with me and God just took it at that point. And, you know, oftentimes we look at sin as physical actions, you know, like addiction, sexual or immorality, profanity, things that we can see and actually do. And we forget about the sins that can actually um, take root in our heart, bitterness and anger and pride. And they are so detrimental to our walk with God and our relationships, and um, God is just calling us to surrender those, and, and we don't always want to do it. It's hard. Our pride gets in the way. There are times when I've been just really hurt, and I say, God, I want to be hurt. I want to be bitter. I deserve to be bitter, <laughs> and God's just saying, no, give it to me. Surrender it, and so that has just been, you know, an ongoing thing for me, that God is refining me and showing me that every time I feel bitterness or anger or hurt. 
well up in order to raise my kids to become men and women of God and all and for me to stay a woman of God I've got to just give these things to the Lord and pray that he just makes me more like him and uh, the second thing that God has really imparted on the heart of Bill and I is that it is imperative that we intercede for our kids there's a battle for their souls it is real we have five kids We've been doing this for 30 years, and the enemy wants nothing more than to take our kids down. And we need to stand in the gap for them, and we need to intervene on their behalf. We have these killdeer birds in our yard, and if anyone's not familiar with them, they nest in the grass. And um, when I go out to mow, and if I get even like remotely close to the nest, this mom comes out, the killdeer mom comes out, and she is running all over in front of my tractor, behind my tractor, she is chirping loudly. She's pretending she has a broken wing, and she is running interference for her kids. And her kids are just sitting in the nest, or they're running around the nest, totally unaware that there's an enemy and that there's danger. And one time I was mowing, and God like said to me, this is what intercessory prayer looks like. And I was like, yes, God, that is so awesome, because now I know like when I'm praying, what's actually happening? And it was, I love how God uses nature and creation to, to declare his word. And it's, it was so good. And I, I think with prayer, we have to understand that we could pray anywhere, anytime. And for me, I like to pray in my car a lot because it's, nobody can hear me. And I actually call it my ugly praying because I'm by myself and I can cry and I can yell and I can flail my hands around and hit my steering wheel, and, and I do sometimes, too, really. I, I'll say to Bill sometimes, i got to go for a ride. <laughs> and, um, but I will say, like, on a side note, if you decide to try that, you can see into your car. So there's been a couple times where I was like, oh, no, I think there might be someone next to me. And I'll just kind of look, and I'll be like, what's up, dude? I'm just, I'm just doing my ugly pray in here. But you don't have to worry about them because they get out pretty quick. <laughs> They don't really want to hang out. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but one time I was in my car, and I felt like God was saying, you need to pray, just pray. And I said, I'm tired. And and I think every mom knows, like, this zone where you just feel like you have nothing left. You know, it's like, I don't want to think. I just want to go into this numb state because I just, I can't do anything. And there was this battle, and I felt like God wanted me to pray. I said, okay, I'm going to pray. And I said, oh, God. I'm I'm praying for this child, God, and I pray that you would crack their heart and that the pus would drain out and that you would clean the infection inside their heart. And I stopped, and I thought, whoa, those were not my words. I never thought that. It was just something that God gave me. And when we are weak, God makes us strong. And when he asks us to do something, he gives us what we need to do it. And what I really loved about that too was not only did God give me the strength to pray, but he knew what the person I was praying for needed as well, and he had me pray those words. See, when we're praying for our kids, when we're interceding for our kids, God is refining us and doing a work in us as well. And it it is like, I think of the Olympic rings when I think of the, the Lord, like there are so many things intertwined that are happening all together that it's just amazing. So... It's, so, it's just so important that we just really, really pray and, and, and don't give up on praying for our kids, no matter how exhausting and how uh, sacrificial it is. And the last thing that God really showed me that I'm going to share today is um, 
I call it my Sperry story, and it has to do with my daughter Elizabeth in the front end. The back end is all my kids, but we were going down to the city. Lizzie was a teenager, and we were going to be walking all day, and she said, how do I look? And I was like, you look great, honey, but I wouldn't wear those shoes. And she said, why? And I said, because they're going to hurt your feet. And she said, yeah, but the outfit looks so good. I want to wear them. And I said, it's not wise, Liz. I wouldn't wear those shoes. And she's like, I'll be fine. I said, okay, fine. It's like a teenage word, I think. Fine. So anyway, about three quarters of the way through the day, Lizzie said, my feet are killing me. Will you switch shoes with me? And I said, yes, I'll switch shoes with you. So I walked around with her shoes. And I walked around with her shoes as long as I could. And then I got big blisters on the back of my feet. And I had to give the shoes back. And I said, Liz, I can't do this anymore. I have to give them to you. So I gave her the shoes back. And then a couple days later, I was in my kitchen. And I was just looking at the back of my heel. And the blister had popped. And I had this big, red, ugly, sore, um, I don't know, just mess on my foot. And as I sat there, I just felt like God said to me, that was never your weight to carry. And of course, we're not talking about the shoes anymore. But what God really showed me right there is we need to um, make sure our hearts are right. We need to train up our kids in the way we should go. We need to intercede for them. We need to arm them with truth. But ultimately, their relationship with God is up to them. And the Holy Spirit's going to do that work. And I can't get in the way of that. You know, and sometimes as moms, we have these hearts that want to just protect our kids and cover our kids and not let them feel hurt and harm. And but their relationship, we don't know what God's going to have to do in their hearts to bring them to a place of repentance and surrender to Him. And um, you know, and I was thinking, like with five kids, some of our kids, they wouldn't put those shoes on; they would just give them right to the Lord and say, God, I need you. And then others are going to wear those shoes until they're bloodied and blistered before they hand them to the Lord. But God is so faithful, you know, and he just wants us to lay our kids down. And as Shay was saying, you know, and, and honestly, I lay my kids down. I pick them up sometimes. I lay them back down and I pick them up. It's hard really to just, you know, let it all go. But when we lay our kids down at the feet of Jesus, we're, we're laying our our kids down to the God who formed them in our womb, who, you know, knit them together and fearfully and wonderfully made, it, made them, who made them in his image, to a God who's enthralled with their beauty and delights in them, and to a God who sent his son to die on the cross for their sins, as he did for mine and yours. And so as moms, I just want to encourage you, you don't have to carry that weight. God is so good, so faithful, and he's their father, and um, he's just so full of grace and mercy, and he's going to carry them. And uh, that's, that's my testimony. <laughs> Thank you. Um, good morning. Um, I'm Angie Newell, and I'm the elder mom. (laughs) And my story is quite different, however, very much the same. Um, Our youngest daughter... Oh, I need my glasses. There are many of you women out there like me who um, have walked the same walk differently, and I don't know why I was chosen to tell my story but 
I'm very, very humbled to be up here and to follow these two wonderful women. <clears throat> Our youngest daughter, Kelly Elizabeth, lives in Vermont with her husband, Paul, and daughter, Haley Elizabeth. Would you put up that picture, Tim, please? Um, until February of 1997, or 77, we were just an ordinary family of five, one in school, one in preschool, and one at home with me. Well, all of that changed on a Saturday morning in February. My mother, at some point in time, had mentioned to me that our daughter, Lisa, had a backache, and Mom wondered if we'd spoken to the doctors about it. Well, we hadn't. We didn't think of anything about it, and then this one day... She comes to me and she says, Mama, my back really hurts. Now, she's only just turned five. Why would a five-year-old have a backache? I had her go through the range of motion, and she did it. She did everything I asked her to do, and she did it well. About an hour later, she falls outside, and she can't get up. So we called the pediatrician, and he suggested the range of motion test, which we'd already done, and said, well, just let's just leave it for, you know, over the weekend, and we'll see what happens. Well, um, come Monday, she's, she couldn't walk. She couldn't get up. We had to carry her to the bathroom. Uh, she was just really a mess, and so he said, let's get her in the hospital. Well, she was admitted for testing, and at this point, we weren't any of us thinking anything catastrophic. We thought maybe a back strain somehow could happen to a little one. Well, that wasn't to be. She was diagnosed with acute lymphocytic leukemia four days later. I wasn't angry with God, but like many who walk with him, I did not understand why. I never felt it necessary to, why, to ask why me or my daughter, but just why? Why would a baby? Well, desperately frightened, heartbroken over what she was going through and what she would continue to go through in the months and years ahead, we continued in prayer with the help of friends and pastors. The hospital staff was very accommodating. I mean, they set a room aside. Our pastors came, our elders came, friends came, and we were able to be ministered to by our body who loved us, who walked with us through this whole time. Um, and as it happened, the nurses began to call on my husband and I to minister to other people who were either going through um, a new stage of the cancer, a new cancer even. And it was hard, but it was a blessing because we could share our God with them, and we were allowed to do that. Actually, we had to meet the oncology team, of course, and the head, the head of the oncology team comes in and he says, so you're the infamous Mrs. Newell. Well, I had only ever heard that name, that word before. I had to look it up in my dictionary. I thought, oh boy, I've done a bad thing. <laughs> anyway, I was pretty pleased that there was another meaning I didn't know about. So I remember at one point... Um, saying, calling up a girlfriend and saying, you know, I'm not Job. And every time we turn around, there's a new fire to put out. It just, it's, it's just so hard to be here. At that point in time, we were doing a study on Job, so I knew what he'd been through. Um, there were attacks from every, every area that you could think of. He wanted to get our eyes off our mission, and that was to get Lisa into remission. It seemed every step forward, there were three back. 
Tim, could you put up Psalm 31:24? It says, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope or wait for the Lord. And that's what we did. We just kept looking to the Lord. So my mom and dad came down to be with my daughter, other two daughters while I'm in the hospital with Lisa. The first word the Lord gave me was, was Matthew 11:28 to 30. Come, come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke, my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. Oh, what a blessing that was. I mean, how could you put your head down on a pillow, knowing what your baby was going through, and not be able to know that he was there, and he was holding, he was carrying the burden. Lisa did, in fact, reach remission and was discharged about a month after her admission, only to return three weeks later with a chicken pox. Again, as treatment um, for her pain and her chicken pox progressed, of course, there was no chemo at this point in time, so the doctors would say to us, you know, she's probably going to come out of remission. We'll have to start this whole thing all over again, have another bone marrow, which is so painful. Well... We did, um, we did have to have another bone marrow, and um, she didn't come out of remission. Prayers were heard and answered. Uh, she started kindergarten, or, or first grade, I can't remember which it was, but it, I think it must have been kindergarten. She was bald. Tim, can you put up that picture of Lisa with her little babushka on? She was on what they called a five-year protocol. So we thought, gee, everything is good. So we went to the doctors on a weekly or a monthly basis, and um, one day, maybe three and a half years, four years into this, we're having um, a blood test. It's taking way too long, and I'm sitting out there in the waiting room. Tim, can you put up Isaiah 7, 4, and 9? God says to me, take care and be calm. Have no fear and do not be faint-hearted. If you will not believe or stand on my word, you surely will not be established. Well, she was fine. She was fine. It was okay. But after four years, almost into her time of coming off protocol, there's a new protocol. And the doctors say we should put her on it. And I said, well... She's doing so well. We don't want to do this. Well, they did another bone marrow, and evidently she was out of remission. And so they put her on this new protocol, and um, it caused her to have a cardiac arrest. And so we had to struggle through that, and she did. She came out of it, um, and she came home, and she went back to school. And um, the doctor at one point had said, well, maybe we've saved a vegetable. I can remember being so angry I wanted to hit him, and my husband grabbed my arm so I couldn't. (laughs) Thank goodness for my husband. (laughs) Um, So we, we get her back in school. Tim, there's a picture, I think, of her going back to school. She looks kind of kind of pale, and her hair hasn't all come back yet. 
But anyway, she's going back to school. She's in school for maybe two weeks, and she just can't do it anymore. It's just too hard for her. So um, she begins to ask me, how come God won't take me home like he does the others? Doesn't he love me, Mommy? Can't, can he just want me to be with him? And I said to her, through tears, Honey, when you do the last thing he asked you to do for him, he's going to call you home. And then you'll be with him. It's not because he doesn't love you. Your work is not done. And on January 18th, she went home to be with the Lord, 1983. We had her for six years, treating her with cancer. Yes, we get tired. It's tiring to do that. But, you know, every minute was, was wonderful. It was sacred. It was just beautiful to walk with the Lord and see him walking with our little one. So... This one day, as we had been to the doctors for our last visit, as it turned out to be, I'm on the way home driving and saying, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, Lord, he's telling us she's really going to go home to be with you. I went actually got halfway through a red light before I realized it. I had to back up. Thank God nobody was around me. I mean, I really was a danger to the world. <laughs> so I hear him saying, uh, Tim, I think it's Psalm 23, 4. He says, yea, though you walk through the valley of death, I am with you. Well, that was pretty much an omen as to where we were going to be going next. So in a Bible study, after about six months of, of um, Lisa's being with the Lord, our youngest daughter comes home from school, we're having dinner, and she says, you know, there's a spirit of sadness in this house. And I'm hearing, I'm saying, a spirit of sadness? A spirit? No, we can't. That can't happen. We can't have a spirit. No spirit but the spirit of the Lord. Uh, Tim Joshua twenty four fifteen. I think. This is the Lord's house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So in a Bible study, a godly man uh, came up to me and he says, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your, unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Well, he has. Psalms 3, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's my mantra. When I see the world caving in around me, Psalms, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. God will make my path straight. So fast forward now to September of 19, 2000, or 2008. Lori Jean, our eldest daughter, if you could put her picture up, Tim. She's a beautiful daughter. She has a beautiful daughter, a wonderful husband, two stepsons, and a devastating mass in her breast. The surgery uh, was dreaded and feared with the diagnosis of very aggressive stage four triple negative breast cancer. We all did our best, what we heard from the doctors. The decision, I will not leave the Lord no matter the outcome. He is the shelter under which I run, the wings I hide under, the help in troubled times. Lori Jean was had only seven months after her surgery. She passed into his arms <clears throat> May 25th, 2009, Memorial Day. The thought was always that we had failed. We didn't do it. We failed Lisa Marie and Lori Jean. But the father said we did it. We did it. They're home. They're whole. They're well. 
I ask why a thousand times? Why would he allow us to go through these dark trials? Maybe he cut because he knew we could and would, that no matter the trial, he is in it with us. Always. He'll never leave us. He will take us to the tops of the mountains and the valleys as well. I remember Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Tim, can you put that up, please? Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with all our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, Haley Elizabeth was four years old, or four and a half maybe, when Kelly and Paul adopted her. Tim, can you put that picture up again, please? Um, They adopted Haley April 26, 2011. She is a delightfully happy little girl, still calling her aunt and uncle, aunt and uncle, and not mom and dad. It was hard to let her go, but it was the right thing because we're old and they're not. And they have lots of opportunities that we would no longer have to give her. It was a very hard decision to make, but we did always know without a doubt that it was the right one. Well, a little bit longer after this time, I, um, I'm doing a Bible study on He Loves Me, and I am praying um, something in the book struck me. Eight, Romans 8.28. And I know what that says. Everybody knows what that says. For those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. Well, I, I'm bawling my head off saying, well, how can this be good for my granddaughter to have lost her mom, envy for the life that my daughter no longer had with her husband and children, um, that... We didn't have her with us anymore. And so he says, well, Romans eight twenty nine, And I'm going to read it. No, no, no. No, I wanted to write it down. That's right. And he says, no, read it. Read it right now. Read it, Angie. Romans eight twenty nine says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That was my promise about our Haley, and I claim it for not only Haley, but for Paul and Kelly as well. They, they aren't walking with the Lord. Haley isn't being churched. She skis on Sundays and will be an instructor probably within the next year or two. But she knows the Lord. She accepted the Lord. She was dedicated here. You're part of that small small village to raise up our Haley. And we praise you and thank you that you pray for all those kids that have ever gone before and been dedicated to the Lord here. We just, we are that small village, and we need, as these women have said, to pray for them daily, to pray for the wiles of the evil one that would pull them away from him. Haley knows, she knows, she knows that Though she isn't walking in the way that she should, that there is a God. She knows that we pray for her daily, and we just praise God and thank him for it. With that, I would just like to say, um, as I was reading in my devotions this morning, David says um, his last, actually his last words to his congregation, 
The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. I will tell you there are many days when it feels like I have to climb up to touch bottom, but his arms are there pulling me up, and he's there to pull up everyone. Please, open up your Bible when you're in joy and when you're in bitter hardness, brokenness. Open your Bible. God is there. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making him known.